Hello, Chelsea fans. Welcome to episode 11 of the Romans Empire podcast. I'm joined as always with Song. Song, how you doing? I'm doing really well, Zach. How about yourself? Doing good. Yeah, it was a long week without a Chelsea game. We got the international week. break, but yeah. uh, we had a couple of, uh, you know, still some good soccer to watch, so it wasn't a completely eventful weekend. I uh, I actually feel the complete opposite. I think international breaks are like the worst thing to happen to soccer since Marijuana Fellaini. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, for definitely because, I mean, these qualifier match aren't like top-notch soccer, but it's you, know, such, you still see some, some highlights. It's such then, low quality. Like, it's it's just... There's no, I, I don't know. It's there's it's still just, highlights on Instagram and stuff. That's you know that, that's that, the only that, thing that that's like, basically all it's good for. Yeah, and, and like we and then were, also obviously the you know the end of the transfer window was this past week, so that was exciting. That was exciting. We'll yeah. get into yeah. that. Um, yeah. I mean, I think we should start with uh, Davide 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 Zapacosta. So Zapacosta. Um, he uh he joined Chelsea for twenty five million dollars. We just can't fee. get enough of Costas, huh? Nope. And we got a Zappa and a Davide with the Costa, so that's always nice. Yeah, as long as it's not just the Costa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. But um, twenty five million free fee from Torino. Um, someone at Conte is very fond of. He actually picked him for his Euro twenty sixteen squad. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not the first choice right wing back for the national team, but a national team player nonetheless. And also to add, not. Even our first choice as, you know, right wing back for Chelsea. Reportedly. Still, reportedly. Reportedly not our first option, you're saying? I'm I, I honestly think Ox was the club's first option, but I think Zapacosta was definitely on Conte's list. Because, mm-hmm. like there's there there's been a lot of times where the club has pursued players that you know, they think is in best interest for the club without taking the manager's recommendations into consideration. I mean like Look at the Lam- uh, Romelu Lukaku saga. Mm-hmm. Like, same exact thing. There's no way Conte wanted Lukaku over Murata. Like, Murata's just a perfect striker for that type of system. That he- I don't know. I mean, uh, for, maybe for Conte, yeah, actually, that makes sense. But we did we, we tried to get Alexandra earlier in the year, and I think that, that was, was our all, first was, choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but as, as far as, like, Chelsea standards, like, we always, I feel like past couple of years, we've been, you know, able to steal, like, these big players away, but... For some reason, this year just wasn't the same way. But uh, let's talk a little bit about Zapacosta because he's not. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Although I say he wasn't our first option, he's not on a lot he, of people's radars. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's definitely not a household name. To like a this lot feels of this feels like another Marcos Alonso signing. It does. You know, you very know. low key player. Um, you know, playing Serie from the, yeah from Italian. Um, and this guy obviously like another wing same back. position just on the other side, uh, yeah. and he can play on both sides too if he wants to. But he's yeah, better yeah. on the right side. But you know, like that, what he brings to the team is that crossing ability. Uh, yeah, that that, that and that's something that is refreshing to see that we're actually pursuing players that complement our other pieces really well. Yeah, I mean, it's literally it's kind of like Costa. I mean, sorry, Conte saw our team last year, mm-hmm. and his mindset was like, all right, let's just add. To what we already had that was great this year. Mm-hmm. So we went out, we got Bakayoko, you know, the same kind of player as Ngolo Conte. We got um, Zapacosta, same kind of player as uh, Marcos Alonso. Mm-hmm. And then we got these, you know, the two defenders, the center backs and uh, Christensen and Rudiger. Yeah. yeah I mean, Chris, yeah. we obviously like. We had Christensen before, but yeah. But I mean, I mean, we had to replace John Terry, and it's something that's hard to do, but like we replaced John Terry with 
Rudiger, who's a, a full-fledged German international. Mm-hmm. So, like, he played – he started their qualifier today. Yeah. Um, I forgot who they played. Was it Norway? Could have been Norway. Oh, and they won uh, – it was us. Yeah, I, they won, like, I forget. 6-0. But, yeah. Um, anyways, like, it, it's just the idea of bringing in classy players. And the thing is, is the club really doesn't bring in those high-profile signings. They don't really pursue them as much as they used to. Yeah. But we're getting a lot of these – under the they're kind of like, under the radar. They are under the radar, but at the same time, like like Rudiger was not really under the radar. He just wasn't as highly rated as the other center backs on the market, like Van Dyke yeah, or Benucci. Yeah. But like, but but we're we're stealing these players from under from under everyone else's noses. Like mm-hmm. like Marcus Alonso, when we signed him last year, I was I was legitimately worried. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect. I was like, oh my god, we're we're gonna start playing three at the back with this new manager and we're going to have a player that I've heard little to nothing about mm-hmm. and look at him now. I mean, a couple of weeks ago after the Tottenham match, we we're making an argument about him being one of the best left backs in England. Yeah. So like, there's no reason to assume why Conte won't do the same with this guy. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about him a little yeah. bit. I mean, obviously, you know, he's not the next Danny Alves next, you know, Marcelo, but you know, he's going to be, he's going to provide to our team a lot of, uh, a, like you know a, just a lot of like you know, extra players to yeah yeah he's gonna give us added depth thank you one. that's what i, I don't know why I, yeah like, has, outside, has but trouble had a hard time saying that but, but obviously yeah. like what i said before you know we were going after alexandro alexandro is the only player in syria to have more you know accurate crosses from open play in, in syria last year uh so and that's, you know, and that's, yeah zapacosta was number two yeah and uh you know wasn't he, it? I I read something about Zapacosta's crossing rate being, uh, c- crossing conversion rate being around twenty five percent. Twenty five percent. That's right. Yeah. And that's, in footballing terms, that's mm-hmm. pretty pretty damn good. Um. Yeah. The only the only player from you know since he joined Torino to have more crosses from mm-hmm. the right side was, uh, Candreva. And yeah. Kondreva had 18% con- uh, conversion rate opposed to the 25%. But, con- but you could literally put a blindfold on Kondreva and tell him to cross the ball, and he'll <laughs> do the exact same thing as if he was not blindfolded. Like, that guy yeah. just – that's that's what they do for a living. I mean, so with that being said, though, like, we are getting a player into the club that's a specialist to some extent, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's great not, at crossing the ball. And he's around. a workhorse. Yeah. And I feel like that's all we really need at, at right wing back. And that's all really Conte likes. I mean, he's he's a type of manager and, you know, and, and it ties in with, like, other managers as well, like Jurgen Klopp, mm-hmm. um, just off the top of the head. Those are – those types of managers love players that work first. Mm-hmm. And then their footballing ability is almost secondary because they could just give them a set of instructions and they know that these guys will do exactly From what, what I've read – Zapacosta is just like a, a great professional, and he, you know yeah. he's the kind of person that you want that Conte would want on his team. And you know, I, I like to compare him a little bit to Victor Moses because they're obviously you know, going to be competing. Yeah, and you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that he is a better player because mm-hmm. I think they honestly are like equally just as good. But um, the one thing that uh, Victor Moses has on him is I think individual defending. Mm-hmm. Um, while Zapacosta, he has more clearances and more blocks per game. Mm-hmm. So he's more of like a natural defender playing in the zones. And, you know, rather than being a one-on-one defender where I think Victor Moses is a little bit better than him. I think uh, 
Yeah, I mean, okay, here, here's where I stand on that. You got to take into account Torino's playing style, especially last year. Um, they were very gung-ho. I mean, that, that team was attack, attack, attack. Um, so maybe that could have a little bit to do with Zapacosa getting beat on his side a little more often than Victor Moses. Yeah, because he was pushed up a lot he more. He was pushed up a lot more, and he was most of the time, you know, when the team will turn a ball over and you're pushing high, you're yeah. out of position. Victor Moses, and specifically Chelsea, like we all know, are defense first. Mm -hmm. We sit back, we let the other team play in front of us, and we hit them on the counter. That's just the difference of playing styles. But I think, I actually think, you know, especially after doing my research, I think Zapacosa is a more natural fullback. Uh -huh. I think Victor Moses looks like a winger playing wingback Which because, is, yeah, because it works. <laughs> like, like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It works. Mm -hmm. It's not his natural position, but it works. He does a great job at it. And then the other thing that Zapacosta has kind of an advantage to him, and it's, it's going to be really awesome to seeing him and Marcos Alonso on the opposite sides, that he's he's six one. Yeah, he's a big big guy as for you know for a fullback. Compared to Moses, him, is like what five nine? Five yeah five ten. Yeah, and, you know when you have him on one side mm -hmm. at six one, and then Marcos Alonso at six two. I mean those guys are your wingbacks. They're yeah. not your center backs. They're huge. Yeah. And I mean then also you know put everyone else and you know, give or take whichever center back you want to put in one of those three slots out of you know the five that we got and. I'm so excited for like what where we're gonna contribute. And we're to. gonna have two wing backs that are over six foot. We're gonna have yeah. at least two center backs over six foot. Bakioko over six foot. Murato over six foot. That's a yeah big team. I think the only team bigger than us physically would probably be Man United, mm -hmm. but that's like typical Jose. Jose has that weird. He he always had that weird rule where like the average height of your back line has to be over six feet. I mean that would, that's just it's just such an odd you know mentality i guess like that's the main reason why ivanovich pushed out of that right side, yeah just to get some height in there but that was that was like one of the funniest experiments watching a center back big guy like him play a right back did that a damn great. good job he's a legend yeah um okay so i mean we talked a little bit about zapacosta how does the move make you feel what are, what's your final take i'm really excited i obviously i mean it wasn't the signing that we were kind of expecting mm -hmm. but i think like you know what we've been talking about is that we need another right wing back to um give a little bit of pressure I mean take a little bit of pressure off uh Victor Moses and the and he can also play on the left side too It also I mean um, I'm looking at it in terms of like it'll give him competition right Yeah like definitely Yeah Yeah I don't I, I'm I'm happy I'm very happy about it for 25 million it's a good deal and my and we could be looking back in a year and say like what a, what a bargain Yeah you know? like the same thing that we said about uh, Alonzo. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I think it's a good move. And I think there's no reason not to trust Conte. And I feel that the fact that Zapacosta is Italian is also a major plus mm -hmm. because you know that this guy's not going to fall out with the manager or clash heads. Yeah, like I'm not going to go up in arms and be like, oh, we got Zapacosta, but I'm very happy about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was obviously, you were not jumping for joy <laughs> because at first you're like, we got who? Yeah. But then, you know, you look into it and you actually start to put pieces together and, and, and the move makes sense. That's just the only way to put it. Um, But, you know, another move that makes sense probably makes a lot more logical sense mm -hmm. to Premier League fans just because they're familiar with the guy. Danny Drinkwater. Yeah, move we've big, that was a big name. That yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a movie we we all saw it coming. I mean, let's not bullshit. Um, 
reportedly 30 million from Leicester City. It's funny how you say that when, like, after everyone already said no to Chelsea, I was expecting Drinkwater to just be like, all right, we're not going to get him, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Like, after, after, after this year, like, I didn't even expect, like, I can't expect anyone to be coming We did get snubbed over. a lot, and we'll go into that. Yeah. But, I mean, Danny Drinkwater, I, here, here, here's, you know, just based on the initial transfer, I mean, this is what came into my mind. He's an established veteran in the Premier League. He's been around the block. He's still 27. He's He knows his role coming into the club. I think it's pretty obvious that he's not going to come in and be like, I need a starting spot. Obviously, the guy's going to compete, but... Yeah, he he's has there, to be aware he's there that to be a role player. He's, yeah, Champions League experience. He's not going to have nearly the same role that he had at Leicester City. No, no. I mean, Champions League experience is huge for me. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's English. And he's a champion. So too, former champion. He'll he'll understand that, you know, I know it's a cliche and I know we say it a lot, but like that, that rainy Wednesday night at Stoke, like this guy gets it. Yeah. Really. Like you need guys like that and you need someone to come on late in games and just like be a calming influence. Um, ball playing midfielder too. You know, I, I think he completed the most long balls in the premier league in the last couple of years. Um, I I love the signing. I'm all for it. I think it's great. I think it'd be interesting to see him and N'Golo Conte work together. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they do get the chance to work together. Yeah, they'll be playing alongside. But 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 a part of me says that this move was made to give some relief to N'Golo Conte, especially after those Claude McAuley comments. They've just been lingering in the back of my mind. I said it last week, and I'll just recap. But Claude McAuley basically said that N'Golo Conte needs to watch the way he plays. Because he exerts so much energy that he probably won't get into, or he probably won't have those same types of energy when he's in his 30s. And it's true. Mm-hmm. He needs to learn how to adapt his game and to conserve his energy and pick and choose when to use it. But Danny Drinkwater is a box box midfielder, and he's an engine. Very similar to Zapacosta in that sense. Yeah, so, I mean, Conte doesn't have to really tone it down. He just mm-hmm. will play less, and he'll be able to play longer. Maybe he'll play less, yeah. I mean, you could. And the nice thing is. I, well, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have to play as much. As, no, no, yeah. and, and and that's that's the beauty of Bakayoko too. So, yeah, we got Bakayoko, and that guy, that guy is literally a bigger version of N'Golo Conte, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair to say. But Danny Drinkwater has more Premier League titles than Steven Gerrard. So let's just let's, let's <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> there it is. There it is. You it know, has to come out every that's once really in funny. a while. We haven't think, brought that up. At I think all. Danny Drinkwater has more Premier League titles than. Tottenham has wins at Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could keep going all day, huh? Okay. Um, can you think of any more? If I think oh, of another I got, one. I, I got a good one. Well, I got a good one. Danny Drinkwater has more Premier League titles than Harry Kane has goal scored in the month of August. Ooh. Is another one. That's very true. Wow. Interesting. Oh, Danny Drinkwater mm-hmm. has more Premier League titles than I have faith. And Mishi Batshuayi. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely none. Wow. <laughs> that sucks. Let's I talk like about a, a guy that I do have faith in. Um, Eden Hazard. Uh, and his Talking about him. His brother, Killian Hazard. When I when I first saw that we signed someone, Killian, I was like, oh, Mbappe, no way! But, you know. It was the wrong Killian. Yeah, but hey. I really like. I mean, the only thing I I have to say about this is that um, I mean, he's expected to join our U twenty threes. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And I really think that he, the only reason why we signed him is to kind of tell Eden Hazard, hey, look, you know, we got another you one of your brothers. Here, we got yeah. another one of your brothers. Why don't you? You wouldn't want to leave them. Don't go to Madrid. Why would you want to leave them? Stay you leave here. your own family? You're going to do that? Come on. It's a it's a classic uh, guilt trip scenario. So, yeah. again, I mean, there's not really much to say about the move in general. Like, you know, it it's is just, what it, it is. It's kind, of, it's kind of like more of like a humorous move. When I saw that, I kind of laughed. No, I mean, okay, I put like it this it. way. Well, we, we haven't seen anything of we were like saying the... We were saying the same thing about Thorgan Hazard when he signed with Chelsea. And last season, he tore up the Bundesliga. And he, he played really well in the Champions League, too. They must have some good genetics. I mean, clearly they do. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I'm not saying nothing's impossible, but I'm not expecting anything at the same time. Um, I, I... A part of me doesn't want to go into this part of the podcast. I'm just going to get fed up and irritated. Get into it. Okay. So, um, we got snubbed a lot this season. And I want to talk about the first asshole to snub us, um, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. So, I mean, I was was for this move. Um, I thought that, you know, Conte could have actually fulfilled some of the potential that – Oxlade Chamberlain has promised has. for the past five years. Yeah, four but years. I know Sam wasn't for it, but so so here's the story. He rejected us because he didn't want to play wing back. He thinks he's a center midfielder. Now I don't care how well he played at center midfield in for the English national team, um, but his th- there's a very very specific time for players to develop positionally. And I feel like that's between like the late teens and early twenties, and he's already twenty four. Yeah, we're past that. So page. like, so like, there's no time to develop as a center mid. He's a right wing back, right? Right. He could deputize in midfield, but he's not getting in ahead of anyone at Liverpool. Like that's what I don't understand. Well, I mean, obviously he wasn't getting ahead of anyone on Chelsea, and that's you know the main reason why he didn't want to but come. Could, and then he decided to go to Liverpool, who has an excess of center mids, especially now that Felipe Coutinho is still at the club at a World Cup year. There's no way he's not going to play for the club ever again. Emre Chan is bawling his ass off this year. Wijnaldum is there, who Klopp seems to really like. I don't Jordan get it. Henderson is there. Oh, yeah. Adam Lallana. Of course. I mean, I mean the, yeah. He, the he, list none of these names. He doesn't, he doesn't impress me over any of these names. I mean, no. no. Like, he's going to be he's gonna be filling in as one, of like, as one of the backup wingers. But, like, he's not getting in over... Yeah, like, Nathaniel Klein right now is, you know, he's hurt, so, I mean... Oh, oh you're, you're talking right back. Yeah, well, I mean... I mean I, you know I'm what? saying that's the only way that's he's going to be playing right now. That's he's good, not that's even going to be point. playing a right back. But but then again, I mean, they have that kid, um... What's his name? They they have a kid that's playing really well at, at, uh, at right back right now. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. There we go. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alexander-Arnold, he's playing well. He scored a Champions League goal in, uh, against, um... I don't get oh why. why am I, I don't get why, why Ox is having the biggest brain fo- against Hoffenheim. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I don't get why Ox. Honestly, but from the big, I mean, it. I would have been just as Here happy to sign Ox as uh, I am happy to sign Zapacosta. I mean, I, I, the only reason why I would have liked it is because it adds depth and it's a little bit more of the same. You know, like he's not he's not an upgrade yeah. from Victor Moses in my opinion. Um, and we got hit Zapacosta for twenty five mil, but. And uh, I feel like Italian players are a lot more reliable than English players. Not trying to be racy or anything. Yeah. But like, but, but like, we're talking about like 
in terms of fulfilling potential. Yeah. There are a lot of English players that supposedly have promise and never live up to the hype. Oh, yeah. Because of the big club syndrome, where they go to big clubs and they just can't perform to that same level. Yeah. So maybe Zapacosa could do that. Again, I mean, he's an Italian international. I'm not saying that about all English players, but I just think Ox is, is a victim of, like, you know. I mean, the, it's the British fans. They're excited. They, I mean, they haven't seen like international success in in ages. So, you know, every time they see a young guy coming up, they think, "All right, this is our future." But uh, I mean, well, not British fans. Let's say Arsenal fans. <laughs> Just specifically Arsenal. That's fans. true. Because British, because because there's a lot of British fans that are Chelsea fans that I know that are just. Like you know, they manage their expectations properly. I guess. I guess that's a good way to put it, right? Yeah, I think. I think the only problem is is Arsenal fans. I think. I think you're right. Yeah, I just think Arsenal fans take it up the butt too often, possibly. Yeah, let's talk about some other players that because because we lost a lot of. We we don't just we didn't just lose deals, we lost players to rivals. Obviously, this started the beginning of the season when we lost Lukaku. Mm-hmm. which I felt was a for sure lock. Like, I remember our first episode, we, talked we were about... talking as if he was already on the team. Yeah. And then the next day, he just, you know, or the next week, like, our episode was like, what the fuck's going on? Is he going to leave? What's going on? We... And then he finally left. It was like, it was depressing. We but... literally thought our podcast would <laughs> fall off the edge of a cliff and die. Like, we showed up the next week to record, and we're like, ah, we were so that's wrong. it. <laughs> it's done. But, you know, that that was understandable. I kind of understand okay, why he would decide to, to go to Manchester Man United. United. Of course, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But there's – Kyle Walker was another name we lost from, you know, from Tottenham to Man City. That was in it. Uh, Danilo Luis da Silva, okay. another name that you know we were what, looking though? at. You know what? T- to combat Kyle Walker, $50 million is way too much. I'm glad we didn't pull the trigger on that deal. Fernando Llorente, that was – that one was – you know, that was that was a more recent that's, one. That's that's an interesting one too, though. Okay, so sorry. I'll just I'll, I'll, I'll just say I'll just say the names, then we'll talk about okay. them. Okay. Then Sergi Aurier, um, you know, from PSG, he ended mm-hmm. up going to Tottenham, and then uh, there's talks about also getting Renato Sanchez possibly, and you know, ends up at Swansea. On, on well, the th- there's the Paul Clement connection because he was a former assistant at Bayern with Ancelotti. Okay. So there, th- he just uses connections there. Yeah. Okay. Um, you didn't mention Ross Barkley, did you? No, I didn't. I didn't mention okay, Ross. Because that's another yeah. one. But I'm gonna start with Urente. So Chelsea only offers one-year contracts to players over 30. So it's it's sensible to see why Urente chose Tottenham over us because they probably offered him a two or three-year contract and said, "Hey, we're gonna pay you, you know, maybe 10, 15 grand less a week to come play for our club." And you're going to be taking up a bench role, which will extend your career. I mean, they're just going to mm-hmm. pitch them basically the same pitch as us, except the longer contract, guaranteed money. Yeah. Which is big at dwindling stages of his career. So, I mean, that's understandable. But a part of me is really sad about this Urente deal because he's he would have fit, so well. fit so well with our system. Yeah. And he would have worked really well. Like, it's just like the thought of him and Rotha working together again. Just... Yeah. I mean, I, I, it makes sense. Like you want to, you want to guarantee your future when you're older like this, you know, there's, there's no guarantee that he can, that he can play in two years. You know, anything could happen. Yeah, of course. So, I uh, mean, but that's why we offer only one years to players 30 or over. We yeah. did the same thing with, with, with Ivanovic, with Cahill, even with JT. Yeah. So it's just, you know, that's just protocol. Um, 
we have who else is on the list? Serge Aurier. Yeah. We already talked about him. That guy has a that guy has an attitude problem. Mm-hmm. Antonio Conte doesn't deal with attitude very well. Diego Costa, perfect example. Right. Kennedy, another example. I, I, so that's so that's I mean I mean that's a given. Honestly. I have a, I kind of have a theory, and you know a lot of these players, um, a lot of them they they decided not to come to Chelsea. It wasn't because a they probably see deciding. that none of these players you listed will get into our starting eleven. Maybe Kyle Walker. But do you do you think that uh, this whole Con- uh, Conte and Costa saga? has kind of turned off other players and like no. said, I don't want to deal with that kind of manager. I don't think so. I, I think I think the footballing the non biased footballing world is definitely on our side when it comes to this. I mean, okay, let's let's take into account that maybe Conte could have handled the situation a little bit better. But Diego Costa knew he was leaving since January. And Antonio Conte shouldn't have sent him that text at the end of the season oh, saying yeah. you're not in my plans. Like it's pretty pretty obvious that you're not yeah, he, he but, we can we can agree that you know although like this is you know the scenario like we don't want Costa back that I don't think that Conte handled it the right way. No, no, I he think he could have handled it better. Yeah, I mean, but but you know the the next player on that list that we didn't even mention was Ross Barkley. Right. And I was just naming players re- that went to rival re- teams. Reportedly, he walked out on a medical, which turned out to be a load of bullshit yeah, at the end of the true. day. So basically, he's out until January. And this move, I feel like we dodged a bullet. I think this is another Jack Wilshire in the making. I really do. I think it's another English player that comes up through the ranks, high ceiling, mm-hmm. you know, flashes of brilliance here and there, only chooses to play when he wants. I mean, he's injured till January. He has attitude problems. He's had falling out with almost every manager that's managed him. Yeah. He's not consistent. He's not a Conte-type player. And we have Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who's very, very similar to him. Mm-hmm. I, I, hopefully that who we hopefully end up getting back. No, I mean we'll get him back. He's on loan, but you're t- oh you're talking about this season. Yeah, it would be nice Jan- to get him yeah, back in January. January. Yeah, it really would. But I think I think Drinkwater will keep him out of the team if he came back in January. Mm-hmm. But okay, anyways, I mean, what I'm trying to say is whoever snubbed us, have a nice life. We're probably gonna win the Premier League again. Am I getting too ahead of myself? No, I mean we we have, we can we can win. It I'm this not year. saying we're gonna win it. I'm just saying why not? I, we'll, no, I we mean, will we will win the Premier League before any other players there, you mentioned there are, on that list. Will there win are the three League. teams or four teams right now who can win the Premier League, and Chelsea is one of them. I mean, I I said it from the beginning. I tipped Man United. Yeah, I think I think I think United. Looks but, good, but this isn't a United podcast, so let's stop talking. Yeah, dude. Like okay. I said, we have there's four teams we that could, can win. The we're Premier gonna League. do it. We're gonna do it. I can't wait. I can't wait. Back to back years. It's going to be great. So, okay. Just to sum it all up Morata, Bakioko, Caballero, Rudiger, Drinkwater, Killian, Hazard, and Zapacosta. If you had to grade our transfer window, what would you give it? I'd give it based off of uh, total transfer activity, departures and arrivals. Okay. Departures and arrivals. So, accounting for the fact that. You know, we got rid of a lot of players before we had set um, backups and replacements for them and then ended up last second, you know, scrambling for a couple players. Um, I think based off potential of what we could have done, I would have given it like a C minus. But based off of what we actually got and what I've seen from the players that we have and the potential, I'd give it like a B. Nah, that's generous. Yeah. 
What yeah, do you think? I give it a C. Yeah. And and the only reason why I didn't give it a higher grade, and it would have been an A, but we we lost so many youthful talents like Nathan Ake sold, mm-hmm. Chaloba sold. We loaned out Loftus Cheek without bringing in a proper replacement. I mean, we all sold, of all, we, we, we didn't sold replace Bertrand, any of those. Players, we sold probably. Bertrand Traore, who I feel like is is just an awesome player. I mean, I I think I think we talked about him in our first podcast, but why we sold him so early on in the summer? Like a lot of these players, we sold early on in the summer. We sold Chaloba for five million. I mean, we could have saved the thirty-five million that we got Danny Drinkwater for. You know, like if we just kept Chaloba, I, I honestly, the those moves alone like really irritated me. But like, if, if we're going back to the players you brought in, I think Bakayoko's an upgrade on Matic. I think Murata has the potential to be a world beater. Caballero on a free is a decent backup. We got good money for Begovic. Mm-hmm. That was a good piece of business. Drinkwater, solid veteran. Killian Hazard, it is what it is. Zafacosta, you know the jury's out, but I think that's a good signing. And I don't know if you you mentioned bringing back uh, Andreas Christensen as well. Uh, on you know, list. The, uh, it, that's going to be huge for us. Yeah, you know, I, the, see, like I still I give still, us a I, B though. I still I would give us a B because the, if you look at the names that we you know added to our roster, Christensen, um, Drinkwater, Murata, Rudiger. Bakioko. I mean, these are great stud players, and you know, they, four all, of them are going to be our, our starters. They've all been you know? internationally capped. And then yeah. also, Caballero is also like you know, he's a good, he's a good backup. He's a good sol- yeah, he's a very uh, very solid goalkeeper. So it's, again, it's not really a downgrade. Give, on I, I, you know, based on my expectations, like I said, you know, the players that I thought we were going to get, I wasn't disappointed, but I'm still happy with what you know what we got. We did yeah, give up a lot. Yeah. Departures. That's if, if I had to, if I had to give two separate grades, grades of the players that we brought in and the players mm-hmm. that departed, players that I brought in, I give like a B, B plus, and departure, I give us like a C minus, maybe even a D plus. I mean, it was just not a. I've said on, I, I've said on the podcast before. I don't think we're having a terrible transfer window. No. But I never said that we're having an awesome transfer window. I just think it is what it is. Like it's a C. It's average. We did enough to maintain our status as potential title candidates that's about it yeah um i i i I think i think a lot of it was uh conte kind of reinforcing what worked last year yeah and you know adding more of the same kind of and and that's not necessarily a bad thing because that we won the league last last year with that and Mm -hmm. may just bolstering what we had last year you know it sounds like a good good thing to me well one team that's definitely did it Definitely not bolstering. It's Leicester City, right? Yeah. Our next, uh, our next match. So we go to the King Power Stadium on um on Saturday morning. Oh, well, Saturday, yeah, Saturday morning, our time mm. at least. Um, big match, very very big match. Coming back from an international break. Um, although Leicester really hasn't been performing as well as we've seen them in the past couple of years, it's gonna be an interesting one. So. What do you think we need to do to, you know, to negate Leicester's threat towards us? I think that since uh, Leicester is going to be, you know, push, they're going to sit back a lot, mm-hmm. that um, we need to put pressure on them real quick and kind of put them on their heels. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, scoring early 
is crucial, especially in this match. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, kind of get them off their game because in that, and then when that happens, they're gonna have to adjust and try to score again, and then that that's you know when we can open up the floodgates. Well, well, this is this is a team that that grows in confidence as the game goes on. Yeah, so we can't we can't let them you know build mm-hmm. up that confidence in the beginning. We gotta yeah quickly just you know step step on their throats and i mean although they haven't been performing as well as they did in their title campaign they're still performing a little bit better than they were last year i thought they gave man united a decent fight mm-hmm. um but obviously man united is just way too strong for them but Mares is is playing you know he's amazing and that was another player that i thought like chelsea could have gotten and didn't end well, up supposedly it. we agreed a fee but the deal just never went across the line for whatever reason i'm really curious yeah. to see what the details are about that yeah and that hasn't came up yet yeah because that's that would have been such a great addition but um you know danny Drinkwater is gonna gonna be returning to leicester city and first game is gonna be against them which is gonna be interesting yeah but, uh, well he yeah probably won't, probably won't play but uh still gonna be you know it's, it's funny how that's his first I think game we'll see him in the champions league at mm-hmm. midweek it's almost. Just, I mean, he's not quite making this the same statement as uh, as Ox. No, uh, no. Talking definitely. about how he he came off a win against Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> the guy's a dick. That's so. F- <laughs> fuck that guy. It like. Th- th- yeah, we're looking pretty good coming off a win against Arsenal. It's like, yeah, you yeah. just got wrecked. I mean, yeah, you were the <laughs> you, you were gonna the, take. You were the one that got wrecked, dude. <laughs> like, shut up. Sadio Mane ran circles around him, but um. You know, obviously, when we talk about Leicester City, it's hard to talk about them without um, mentioning Riyad Mahrez or Jamie Vardy. Those yeah. are the two big names that are still left on the squad. Obviously, they have a lot of good role players, but, you know, I think one thing that we definitely need to do is uh, we need to force Mahrez to his right because when this guy's on his left foot, he could he could make magic happen, mm-hmm. especially when when he's finding Jamie Vardy on the end of, you know, a long ball or a cross. Yeah. Um, but and, the, yeah, our center backs are going to have to put in a lot of work to try to negate uh, Jamie Vardy this game. Well, here's the thing. I mean, his, his, his supernatural ability is his speed. Like, like that's, that's the unguardable aspect about Jamie Vardy is right. he's lightning. Like he could, he could out sprint any center back in the Premier League. So I think a big, big thing for us, particularly in this game, is if our center halves, our our center halves specifically have to stay between him and the goal. Mm-hmm. They have to stay between him and the goal, and that means let him play between the lines. Don't let him play behind behind us. Let him play as much as he wants between the lines because that's not his strength. That's yeah. not what he's good for. That's not what Lester is good for. And it's also going to be really important for. Uh, the other two center backs playing alongside David Luiz mm-hmm. to really provide him with that help because he's the slowest one. Um, I mean, they're the athletic ones, yeah. right? Yeah, Rudiger and Aspliqueta are definitely the two. You know, Rudiger, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna be huge. So, I mean, it's our, gonna be important for them to help him out. Our wing backs are gonna be pushed up the almost the entire match. I mean, I'm not expecting anything less. I'm expecting them to be on their heels the whole entire time. But when they when they do hit us on the break, like you said. As Piliqueta and Rudiger have to use their speed and mobility to get in positions where they make sure that Jamie Vardy is not going to be, you know, a threat. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> Mares is a long ball magician, so it's going to be an interesting matchup, I think. You know, Leicester's a very unique side because they play like a they they play like a relegation side, right? Mm-hmm. Like they 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 play like a, a you know bottom half of the table team. 
but they have quality and they have individual players that have a ton of quality. Yeah. And if you're yeah, if you're not on your top game that you could easily walk away with a loss. If oh yeah, yeah. yeah. If you don't I, I mean all Jamie Vardy really needs is just one half chance mm-hmm. and he could put it away. Yeah. I mean look what he did to Liverpool last right. year. Yeah. At, or two was it two years ago? He lost Oh yeah, two years it ago. Yeah, two yeah. years ago, yeah, yeah. I yeah, texted the, you three times about that goal, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean instead of talking about Leicester, I think we need to talk about what you know, specifically what we need to do offensively. I think Fabregas is gonna get the nod this game. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be him and Conte in the midfield again, especially after last week. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's gonna, um, he's gonna be if he provides more or less of the same, uh, you know, the same that he thing that he brought last week. Then that's exactly what we need against uh, Leicester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair to say. But this is the one guy on our team. I mean, now that maybe maybe Hazard might get a look in, but that's a separate conversation. But this is the guy on our team that pulls a lot of the strings offensively and especially when teams sit back he's usually the difference maker if you want an example just look last week at everton they were on their heels for the opening you know 15 minutes and then fabregas comes out of nowhere and links up with maraca you know it's gonna be it's gonna be crucial for us this is a typical game where we're gonna be saying fabregas is magic if we win you know um but when we win when we win but another thing i want to talk about lester specifically is their their center back partnership's relatively new. Mm-hmm. So Harry Maguire and uh, their captain Wes Morgan. Harry Maguire is a quality player. Right. I think it's a very very good buy for Leicester. Um, but Wes Morgan's getting a little bit older. I think they will be a good center back partnership, and I think they are a good center back partnership. But they're still new to each other, so a lot of movement in the box will create some confusion between them. And hopefully, they don't have that chemistry yet to cope with, you know. Um, a potential title winning team you know you're absolutely right zach um so what are your predictions for this game um well it's at the king power so i'm gonna say 3-1 but also a part of me says 2-0 yeah i'm i'm doing the same prediction as you 3-1 because mm-hmm. you know i do expect either jamie vardy or uh, or Mares to you know to put a little bit of brilliance in their game uh, but I think that we're gonna we're gonna score on them pretty early, and I hope so. Yeah, I th- I, yeah. I, have a, I think that we will. I think that Conte understands the you know the, the team the same way, and he knows that you know they're a team that likes to put that likes to you know sit back a lot, and it's very important for us to do that. In a perfect world, we score early, and we win comfortably, mm-hmm. and around the 80th minute, Danny Drinkwater comes on. <laughs> Along with Zapacosta. Yeah, right. I'd love to see be, them play a little bit of, you know, watch yeah, a little teaser of what they're they're going to provide for the team. I love that. That would be nice. But, um, yeah, I mean, that wraps up our pod. A little short this week, but... Yeah, we didn't have a game to talk about, game. but, um, you know, uh-huh. next week, uh, I think that we're going to be another, you know, upbeat and excited yeah. episode because we're probably going to come off the heels of another good win. And, you know, we got a tough, we got a really, really tough schedule ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the next couple weeks, uh, it's it's gonna be it's you know it's gonna be a lot of tough. We're gonna put our team to the challenge, yeah. definitely. And uh, we actually got banned on Reddit this week. Yeah, I mean, they 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 removed it, but uh, you know, we still got love for the Reddit community. You guys we have did. been really great to us, yeah. and uh, you know, although the the love may not be as reciprocal that we thought as we thought, 
um, for, for specifically from the moderators. The moderators. Yeah, I mean the you got the the community members are great. You guys, I mean, they said we advertised our podcast six times in a month, right? <laughs> There's not <laughs> even six weeks in a month, but yeah, we did advertise our podcast a lot. But yeah, I mean, how what did they expect gonna... us to do, man? But we we contribute in other ways too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're probably the best podcast that we that gets posted on there anyway. Yeah, that's true. Well, I just want to have a quick shout out too. Um, we had a lot of Twitter activity this week. A lot of people commenting. Um, a lot of people retweeting. For those of you that did, keep up the good work. I mean, it's really awesome. Um, it's it's good to interact with other Chelsea fans, um, no matter where you are or from what you know, whatever walk of life you're from. It's always good to interact with you guys and uh, and you know just see what you have to say. And it's always nice to hear that you know you guys are taking into consideration what we say on our podcast. So you know, I'm done being mushy. So. Um, I think this concludes our podcast this week, Sam. So, any last words? Uh, can I can I check out this time? Yeah, you want to check out? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, that was this week, uh, Roman's Empire Pod. Uh, tune in next week and uh, keep the blue flag flying high. There you go. It's pretty good, huh? Yeah. Thanks.